0: welcome friends this is the art of aliveness podcast and i'm your host chrissy marie it's a space where we explore how to nurture life force energy through the path of creativity curiosity compassion courage and connection let's dance Hello friends, Ah, good morning, afternoon, evening, it's an interesting day today weather wise and I know I'm leading with the weather, how mundane of me, but the weather actually has been quite interesting, it's been wild all over the world but in New England, in Rhode Island where I live, we had a 67 degree Fahrenheit day just a few days ago and tomorrow it'll be 30 and snowing. (laughs) Today it is blustery and 47. Ah, Isn't that life though? Isn't that how we humans experience ourselves from time to time with highs and lows and gusts of lots of things? Welcome to this human experience. Thank you for joining me today. <laughs> today we're going to be talking about courage as one of the keys to thriving and I'm going to end with that concept. I'm going to end with that idea. And I'm going to open by introducing one of one of the books that really forwarded my understanding of life force energy and i mentioned i would be speaking on this and the book is called power versus force by dr david hawkins and in this book the essence of the book is a is an unraveling and an exploration of how emotions And the frequency or the energetic vibrations that our bodies emit when we're experiencing those emotions impacts whether we are essentially dying or coming alive. So he starts by speaking about all life forms having the capacity to react to what is in support of life and what is not. And one of the examples he uses is that trees become smaller at higher levels of elevation as the oxygen becomes more scarce. Um, Some of you may have heard of the studies about the plants that wither and the water molecules that morph in studies when people direct hateful energy towards them. And vice versa, plants will thrive in these studies when they're directed with loving energy and compassion and, and affirmation. And just as well, people thrive when love and compassion is directed towards them, whether by others or, or by themselves, self-sourcing. And we don't thrive when shame and hatred and the word vitriol, which is such an intense word, vitriol, uh, is directed towards them. Our bodies are made up mostly of, of water. There's so much water in our bodies. And we are a form of nature, so we react as nature does to love and to hatred. So the other premise of this book is not just that life forms have the capacity to react to what supports them and what doesn't, but also that without life-affirming principles guiding our way of being, there's no way of making meaning of all the variety that we experience on our life journeys. There's no way of of making meaning of the 67 degree day we had right before the 30 degree day we had, (laughs) or the 20 degree day, or the massive snowstorm that nobody was expecting. Just rocks your world. Without meaning, there's no motivation to change and to grow. And so he explores in this book, how people who are thriving make meaning and what their belief systems are and how they develop those belief systems. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about um, how he actually workshopped this, how he figured this out, and then I'm going to introduce you to the the basics of courage and how people who live mm, at a baseline of courage, this level of consciousness, how they think how they see the world. And then in future episodes, I'm really going to break this down and I'm going to unpack what I call the keys to courage, the different, the different puzzle pieces that come together to help facilitate a feeling state of courage. Yes, get excited. <laughs> I'm also present to the fact that I'm in a rocking chair, which I'm prone to rocking in because as you do in a rocking chair. So if my voice goes in and out, it's because I'm forgetting that I'm podcasting and I'm rocking. (laughs) So bear with me. So as I mentioned in past prior episodes, so much of feeling alive has to do with how you be with yourself when you're not feeling alive. Our capacity to allow our pain is directly related to our capacity to allow higher states like joy and peace. So Dr. David Hawkins, he did decades of research. He's now since passed, but he did decades of research using a process of kinesiology or muscle testing to tap into the body's inherent wisdom centers, the parts of the body that have the capacity to react undoubtedly to what is in support of life and what is not. And so what he learned is that depending on what you're feeling and what you're thinking, you have varying degrees of muscular strength or weakness in the body. And he measured the different levels of strength or weakness in relationship to the emotions emotions that we experience. And then he ordered these feeling states in rank of those producing the most weakness in the body up to the most strength. So another way of looking at strength or weakness is the amount of life force energy you have available in the body, the the amount of vitality, the amount of resources, the amount of spaciousness and connection to inspiration and intuition. And feeling states that weaken life force energy, to name a few, are shame I'm not good enough, I don't deserve to be here, anger, guilt, and these feeling states are often accompanied accompanied by thoughts like, nobody cares about me, I screw everything up, I'll never find love, I'll never get it right, nobody will ever get me. So these all weaken the body and, and you may notice that when you feel emotionally run down, you get physically sick because what's happening to us physically is interdependent to what's occurring within us emotionally and energetically. Emotions are energy in motion. It all tangos together, <laughs> but don't take my word for this. So let's workshop it now. So just for a moment, using our imaginations like we did when we were little and maybe we're still really active with our imaginations, I'm going to ask you to just tap in to that innate ability and remember a point in your life when you felt worthlessness or shame. And maybe you've got to go back a ways and maybe you're feeling that right now. It's all perfect. So just notice for a second as you reflect what's happening in the body. Notice how open or closed you feel notice how much energy you have notice your posture just get curious oh this is what happens when i think about my sense of this part of me that feels worthless maybe parts of your body tighten maybe they have a sinking feeling just just notice And now I'm going to ask you to pivot and I want you to think and feel into a time when you felt really powerful and strong and and proud and valuable, excited, feel into excitement, feel into pride and notice what's happening to your body now. Check in with your energy levels. And, and maybe this was easier for you to reflect on one than the other. Maybe you were able to bounce from both pretty, pretty easily. But notice also that you were able to shift your feeling state by choosing to focus and set your intention on something different. I just gave you a prompt and then you thought about it and then it generated a feeling. So our focus generates our frequency. Our feeling and frequency, meaning like the the energetic vibration, how fast or how slow the energetics in our body are moving. We are conductors of, of electricity and energy. If you've ever um, done one of those like little science experiments where you you one person is touching one end of a battery, and then you stand in a circle, and then the person at the end of the circle touches the other end, and the light bulb goes on. That's because we're conductors of energy. So energy flows through us and we, at, at a core level, we are created and, and made up of energy. So when our energies are humming and everything's feeling really good and we feel really resourced and alive, they're vibrating faster. And when we start to feel dense and uncomfortable, they, it vibrates slower. So, Dr. Hawkins took these core human emotions, he arranged them on a calibrated scale of consciousness, how awake we are to life force energy, and the numbers one to one thousand were used to measure the degree of power at all possible levels of human awareness and states. So, at a specific point on that scale the state that's being measured shifts the energy from weakness in the body to strength in the body. So for example, if I was next to you when I said, feel into a time that you felt shame and hold out your arm and resist, and I gently pushed down on your arm, your arm would weaken and fall. And if I said, now think about a time where you felt powerful and amazing, and I said, now resist the pressure, You'd be able to hold your arm steady. And when we feel shame, anger, guilt, um, lower levels of egoic pride, our, our arm will fall. We have less strength in the body, but there's this line, there's this feeling state, there's this way of seeing the world that starts shifting the energy in the body so that physically we actually become stronger and everything below that line uses force. To sustain itself. And everything above that line uses power to sustain itself. So I'm going to chat about the difference between power and force because the book's called power versus force. So let's give you some context for what that is. So, and these are quotes right from the book, power, power arises from meaning, motive, and principle. It's always associated with that which supports the significance of life itself. The significance of life itself. When we feel that life is significant, when we find ways to make meaning, to use our imagination and create a life that feels significant, we generate power in the body. Force always has to be justified. Whereas power requires no justification. All right. If you've ever been angry at somebody and then you said, oh, I deserve to be angry because, 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 because the horrible, horrible things they did. Right? And you go into justification. But how often do we hear ourselves say, oh, I just... I just love my child so much. Why? Because I just do. It's just, it's inherent within me. You don't need to define or justify why you love. It just bubbles up organically when we're open to it. So power stand stands still and it influences all that is in its field like gravity. It requires nothing outside of itself. If you've ever seen somebody who's so authentically self-expressed, if you go to an art show or a dance show or a play or, or somewhere where somebody's performing and they're just dropped into their bodies, aren't they just magnetic? It's like hard to take your eyes off them but force has to wear a bunch of bells and whistles and it relies on rhetoric and fear and manipulation and propaganda. Think political marketing, (laughs) right? Force manipulates by exploiting our fears and power attracts by appealing to our highest nature. Force addresses problems by attacking the negative or the enemy. Power addresses problems by fostering more of the positive because it understands that these higher frequencies will inevitably trump the negative ones. And I use positive and negative loosely. Positive meaning life-affirming, negative meaning life-sucking. Force consumes energy. Power creates it and gives life. Force polarizes. Power unifies. Force is associated with judgment. Power is associated with compassion. Force creates a win lose dynamic hierarchy. Think perfectionism, think comparison. Power creates a win win. Think celebration. Think gratitude. Force has temporary goals rooted solely in self-focus. Whereas power has timeless goals rooted in the principles of service and expansion. Do you see where I'm going with this? (laughs) Force brings satisfaction. Power brings joy joy. Mm. So I'm going to start sharing a little bit about the emotions that are below the line. These are the feeling states, levels of consciousness that are sustained by force. And you might recognize yourself um, or parts of you in some or all of these states. We tend to vacillate uh, and bounce between all of these states so as a reminder, force means that it's resistant to life force energy. And, it, and when we're feeling these things, we muscle test as weakness, as weak. Our body becomes weak. So the lowest level of consciousness that was measured is shame. And the belief that fuels shame is that something is inherently wrong with me. I'm not enough. It's the the birthplace of neurosis and paranoia and perfectionism. And when we feel ashamed, do we often feel justified in attacking others. And when we're not doing that, the tendency is to hide out. We don't want to be seen. Moving just a few points up the scale is guilt. And the context or the belief of guilt is that there's right and wrong and I do a lot of wrong. Like, I can't get it right. Think sin, think bad boy, bad girl. Mm, Not not good enough, not really good enough at what you're doing. (sighs) We often mm, slip into places of, of wanting revenge. Guilt often generates anger when we're experiencing it. So then slowly moving up the scale is apathy, the context of apathy is nothing I do matters it it's comes with a helplessness, a sense of feeling heavy like a burden, and there's really not a lot of hope it's It's where hope really starts to get abandoned like what's the point right what's the point? I've definitely felt that multiple times across my life like what's the point it's actually it's actually one of. A little self-disclosure here. It's one of the the ways in which my ego goes and tries to self-sabotage anytime things are getting really awesome. <laughs> anytime it's like, oh, life is just booming; it's just feeling incredible. And um, you know, a moment later, I start to get this like weird little tinge, and uh, and then the the voice comes in, and it's like, yeah, nothing you do matters. What's the point? What's the point? It's just all going to go to waste, anyways. Tricky little gremlin, tricky little gremlin. So, just again, noticing if this is sparking anything within you. If you're noticing yourself here, if, if if it's moving something in your body, and just get curious as I go. The next, the next emotion up on the scale of consciousness is grief, and grief is marked by sadness remorse about the past. There's a a passive acceptance of loss as part of their lifestyle. And this is when people chronically live here. We all experience grief from time to time. And that doesn't mean that we have a passive acceptance of loss. But if we hang out here for a while, that's what starts to develop. And the belief that accompanies that is Oh, these things just always happen to me. I'm just always getting the shit end of the stick, right? You may have heard people say that. You may have heard yourself say that from time to time. It's victim consciousness. It's this idea that life is happening to me versus for me. Moving up a little bit higher is fear. And this is, fear is actually where more life force becomes available. And fear is, it has a really important function, evolutionary function kept us alive for all these years, you know, bless up. (laughs) We wouldn't be here if not for fear. It's a self-preservation tool, but it can morph into paranoia when it becomes chronic. And when people live in a, a space of fear, they feel like they can't do things on their own. Like they always need someone else. The context is like I'm not safe in the world, and and from a space of fear, we tend to be drawn to um, people who are charismatic, who appear to have conquered fear. There's this, there's this I- idolizing. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Idolizing. There's this idolizing of people who feel like they've moved past that, and it's, it's, an, it's a dangerous place to be because what I believe and what I'm going to share moving forward is that you know fear never truly goes away, and if somebody's walking and parading around talking about being fearless, I call bullshit. I call bullshit. I call, if you're fearless you probably haven't stretched yourself in quite some time and you're happy where you're at. So for as long as we're stretching ourselves, we will experience some level of fear. And then moving up from fear is desire. Now, desire is, again, all of these have a function, but it's still classified under the, the level of force, not power. Because it's a craving, it leads or it can lead to cravings that become more important than life itself. It's the source of addiction. Essentially, it's the outsourcing of needs. It's like the context is fulfillment is somewhere else outside of me. And until I get that, I can't feel this. Once I get that, then I'll feel mm, peace, happy, etc. But it is an initial motivator to step into action. It's like a springboard for higher levels of consciousness. So when we use it to, to, to meet the universe halfway, so to speak, um, and we don't get stuck in attachment to our desires, it can be really powerful. Um, when, we, when we do stay attached, it can lead to frustration and anger. Why don't I have it now? Why don't I have it now? <laughs> Which I'm very familiar with. Because one of my one of my lessons that I'm constantly learning and relearning is patience and how to be with patience and trust. Trust. So anger is the next emotion state on this level of scale of consciousness. And, and anger, again can be. Distru- um, constru- con- it can be constructive to motivate social change, but destructive when it devolves into resentment and revenge and I'm better than you and this is completely unacceptable, so I'm going to just wither away essentially in in the poison of anger. I'm just going to stay anger. I'm just going to stay angry because the illusion is that we need anger present at all times to motivate us into action. That's the the lie that anger tells us, that we need it in order to stay impassioned, motivated. There are many other things that motivate us, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Pride is the final state above anger, still um, running under force, and pride it feels good in contrast to lower levels depending on um it's dependent on external measurement and validation though so it's still transient based on how other people are perceiving us it's often generated from a state uh, or from circumstances of having been praised or encouraged it's not sustainable And it can lead to arrogance, this better than attitude and this sense of, uh, loss of humility. Like there's no room for improvement. So then, then, and here's where things start to shift. There is an emotion and a feeling state that is run on power. It's run on life-affirming principles. And can you guess what it is? If you said courage, (laughs) you would be correct. Courage. Courage is aligned with life force energy. And when we are experiencing a state of courage, we are also experiencing more strength in the body muscle test. If I was next to you, your arm would be strong. So let's talk a little bit about courage and then I'm going to give you a couple takeaways to start playing with courage and some of the principles of courage. Courage is the zone of curiosity, meaning it stays out of story and in the question. And the question is, How might this be here to serve me? What might be the gift in my experience currently? It's also marked by the willingness to try new things. When we're feeling and we're in a state of courage, obstacles become stimulants. So things that used to be like, oh, I can't do that. You get excited. You're like, Ooh, let's see what happens. (laughs) Let's see what happens. And there's a lack of resistance to pain. It's still there, but it's not driving the boat because when we're operating from a state of courage, we've reestablished our relationship to pain and it's, reinforcing because it leads to action and so anytime we take action from a state of of curiosity and willingness to grow our self-esteem grows because we see ourselves as beings that can expand that'll move and this is really important because if we see ourselves as resilient if we see ourselves as capable we're much more likely to continue stepping outside of our comfort zones. Because we're like, yeah, well, I did it that that time and that time before, and that time before. You've got this reference list. This like whole like backpack of memories of like all the mountains you've climbed. This whole photo album. You're like, look, I'm the best. I did all this shit. It's amazing. So you start to see yourself differently. So People at this level, they've effectively made meaning of what once felt meaningless. So the context of courage is I'm resilient. Challenge is exciting. It's an opportunity for growth. I can handle pain. And pain is a catalyst for my healing. Essentially, it's the practice of marrying challenges and challenging frequencies with lighter, more powerful ones. And as you start to go up the scale, there's feeling and, and consciousness states of, of willingness, neutrality, love, peace, acceptance, enlightenment, this sense of, of oneness, bigger picture. And the higher up you go, the more space you have in your body for, for inspiration and intuition to move through you. The more moved you feel by the universe, the less in control you feel like you need to be because you feel, you're feeling guided by the, the, the divine life force energy that is orchestrating the universe. You, you really sense that at a deeper level, the more you start moving up. But courage is the key to this. Without this context, without this willingness, without these perspectives, it's going to be really challenging to come alive. You know, and often our patterns are to resist because we're afraid we can't handle our emotions. We've been taught that our emotions were wrong or that it was not safe to feel them. That if we expressed them, they were a burden or we were a burden too much, not enough. But the reality is we have, we have more cells in just our own body than there are people on this planet and known galaxies in the universe. Let me say that again. We have more cells in our body than there are people on this planet and known galaxies in the universe. Isn't that ridiculously amazing? (laughs) All of our cells are responding to the energy that we're embodying. They're responding to the stories we're telling ourselves. They're responding to the meaning that we're making of things. And depending on these stories and these frequencies, our body's either functioning from a pattern of physical weakness or strength. We're either nurturing our system or it's decaying. So whether or not you're enrolled in the belief system of courage, if you want to stay alive and if you want to cultivate life force energy, you got to make a decision that, you're no longer going to let past trauma conditioning and other people's stories run your life. And once you make that decision, the doors start opening. Does it mean that you'll be eradicated of your physiological trauma, of of the patterning in your system? Absolutely not. But is it possible that when you make that decision, when you embrace that there's a possibility for you to shift? You start calling life force into your body? Yes. Because all it takes is willingness. All it takes is willingness and curiosity. Like, if nothing else, just this this sense of, you know what? It feels really challenging right now, but I have a sense that I can I can thrive in spite of this or because of this. I'm willing to get curious about it. That's the foundation. If you can get there, oh, you're already activating courage. You're already activating life force energy in your system. So I'm going to share a couple of things that have really been powerful for me as I, start, as I started shifting. And I use these still all the time because I'm always unraveling deeper patterns of shame, guilt, etc. The first is breath. So for a moment, let's just take a deep breath together, inhaling, (sighs) exhaling, (sighs) dropping the shoulders. (sighs) That felt amazing. Let's do that one more time. (sighs) Breath, while this sounds so simple and elementary, carries so much life force energy. And the more breath and the deeper the breath we have, the more life force energy we have. I need to do a whole podcast on breath. I'll get there. So one of the things that shifted for me when I started really embracing this path of courage is my language. I'm going to go deeper next podcast, next couple of ones, but I want to share one one piece now. And this I actually... Um, got from Kyle Cease. He's one of my favorite thought leaders. He's a transformational comedian and just an overall amazing fellow. And in one of his live filmed um, weekend workshops that I saw on YouTube, it's called Evolving Out Loud. Go check it out. He has this exercise where he calls people up and he asks them to speak into their stickiness. Like, ugh, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling like this could never work for me. I'm feeling like I can't handle this. And he'd have them say, and I don't actually know if he used this language or if I'm using it, but I'm just going to use this. I'm experiencing blank. And then he'd follow it up with, and I love that. So for example, I'm experiencing Nervousness. I'm experiencing nervousness and I love that. I'm experiencing a little bit of tiredness right now and I love that. I'm experiencing my coffee in my orange mug and I love that. And what you'll notice, or what you might notice, is that it might feel a little weird. Like, mm, maybe I, I don't actually love that. I don't know about this. But it's a pattern interrupt. You're starting to feed your system with a new way of being with the stickiness, with the heaviness. And I really love the use of the language or the phrasing I'm experiencing, because so often we'll use language like I'm sad. I'm, I feel like shit. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And when we do that, we send this subtle declaration to our system that like all of us is sad and all of us feel shitty and all of us is not good enough. And the reality is when we feel sadness, anger, shame, it's only a part of us that feels that it's only a small part of us Usually it's a part of us that's young, three, five, 10, 12. And that part of us is getting activated in response to something happening in our environment that reminds us of a painful moment in our lives. And so when we say I'm experiencing, I actually like to add a part of me is experiencing tiredness. And I love that. When I say a part of me is experiencing, I am also implying that there are other parts of me. And when my subconscious hears that, I'm more likely to access the other parts of me that don't feel tired, that don't think I'm the worst person ever, right? I'm just using that as an example, but I'm able to access those other parts of me and, and keep them online in a sense, keep them online online part of my backup team, my cheerleading squad, when I do feel crappy. So this language shift is super important. A part of me is experiencing blank. And I love that. Deep breath again. And then the last piece I want to leave you with is this mantra, this affirmation that I got. It just came to me in a ceremony. I believe last year. It's been something that I use anytime I'm feeling confused and I'm really not able to access meaning. Remembering back in the beginning of this podcast, I, I mentioned that the ability to make life-affirming meaning out of things and see the gift in everything and the gold in things really is what supports life force energy. But, but there are plenty of times in my life where I'm in, I'm in the thick of something and I'm just like, I don't fucking get why this is happening. I don't understand. Like What's, what, what's the point, right? What's the point? So, this mantra is an affirmation of meaning, even when we can't consciously access it in in the moment. And the mantra goes like this. This makes sense. I get it. Thank you. I love you. This makes sense. I get it. I get it thank you. I love you. What this mantra does is it infuses meaning into every moment. And it, again, feeds our subconscious and our unconscious bodies, the message that there's purpose here. And as long as there's purpose here, we can stay anchored into action, anchored into movement, get up again another day, try again after the fall. It keeps us also engaged with, or me, it keeps me engaged with what is and connected to life force energy. Thank you. Gratitude. I love you. Love. It's a bit of a lullaby. This makes sense. I get it. Thank you. I love you. Try it on. See how it feels in your system. I at times need to repeat it over and over and over again until I actually change the way I feel. Just get curious about it. If it doesn't work for you, let it go, but pl- have a play, see how it feels. So hmm. I really love this conversation. <laughs> There's so many other layers I want to unpack, but I'm going to leave them for future episodes. I'm going to start unpacking the psychology of courage, providing you with tools to continue deepening your ability to marry life force energy with sticky emotions and how to take that into creativity and and making art from these these heavier, darker places within us. Hmm. So as usual... If this is resonating, if you're enjoying this, if you're getting value out of it, if it is sparking aliveness, please feel free to leave a review, rate it on iTunes, and share it with your friends. If you'd like to be added to my free podcast insiders group on Facebook, uh, search the Art of Aliveness podcast insiders and click join and you'll get first updates on new episodes and the opportunity to engage with myself and community, ask questions, get first priority on what I jam out on in future episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram at Come Alive with Chrissy Marie and on Facebook at Chrissy Marie and also on my website at www.yourchildhoodrising.com. Thank you all for being here. I love you all. Till next time, play on.